0: The Advantage Plus Shopping campaign is a specific campaign type. From our conversations with our partners at Meta, we've learned that it has a different algorithm function. My opinion is that's why they were doing a lot of beta testing with it and why they've pushed so hard with it as a separate setup step. Basically, the idea is improve delivery so you can focus on creative and ad strategy. We got a really interesting fact last week from one of our partners at Meta based on some of the internal tests they've done. Basically what they shared with us is Advantage Plus campaigns on average need about 40% less total budget for learning compared to the business as usual type campaign in accounts tested.
1: So we're starting to see those effects take place. Do you ever listen to the D2C podcast and think, oh man, I wish I could just hang out with these people in Las Vegas for two days? Well, good news, D2C listeners, because you can see Sweet Las Vegas Mastermind is happening March 23rd, 24th in Las Vegas. We're about halfway sold out at the time of this recording with some of just the most interesting brands. We're going to put about 100 brands in a room we're going to be programming some amazing content with some amazing speakers we've got all these different interactive networking and relationship building type events we're even booking a hot la comedian to come in and do an hour and they'll probably roast me you don't want to miss this once in a lifetime opportunity to hang out with the d2c crew the pilot house crew a bunch of our favorite speakers and all the mentors that we've programmed for you, you don't want to miss it. Go to directtoconsumer.co slash events and lock in your ticket while they're still available. It's all killer, no filler. I'm Eric Dick. This is the DC Podcast. And I am here with Taylor, the social's technical director of something at Pilot House and Cam as well on the marketing team. Taylor has his hands on the technical aspects of, of all platforms, but specifically really digging into the social side. Taylor, what are you seeing on Meta right now? The, the thing that I just hit off right off the bat is that I've heard that attribution is coming back. Are, are, On-platform attribution is improving on Facebook. Are you seeing that?
0: Yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of waves in the space recently with regards to people comparing trends within the brands they're working at, diving deep, taking a look. If you ask me for a gut check, um, I'm still heavily involved in media buying uh, and the day-to-day. Uh, definitely seeing, seeing some impacts and what looks like some improved signal compared to a lot of those scary iOS 14.5 <laughs> days. Um, but, you know, we've seen people speaking about how there might have been a 30 to 40 percent drop. Now it's more like 15%. This prompted me to take a look and, and dig in and just see, do some measurement across some of our brands, some sample brands, uh, where it's a little bit easier to, to take a look. And I found some really interesting insights. We basically looked at places where we have like a third-party attribution system as an intermediary or places where Meta is the only channel uh, running, doing some comparison uh, so that we can benchmark it against a constant. And from what we could see, um, typically looks like A a decent improvement kind of it varies brand to brand but that that range looks pretty reasonable looking at it Um, and then we also looked too at just overall across our brands metrics like um, how many purchases are there compared to link clicks and things like that year over year and and we're seeing an impact as well so those combined together tells me that there's definitely some improvements being made and you know it all makes sense because we've seen meta meta brought back um, comparing windows, so you can look at 28-day click again. We know that it's, a, it's an area of focus based on some of those those signals as
1: well. So you're still not going fully relying off of platform data. You're seeing some positive signs, but you're still finding the, what you'd consider the closest thing to true attribution by triangulating between third-party vendors, GA4, and the platform. Is that Right
0: exactly yeah we we think it's really important to build systems um, that look a little bit more holistically at that there are a whole ton of kind of common flaws and attribution and I think I think being way too obsessed with one source alone can be a, a, a pretty big flaw just because of the risk it can create um, but there are there are nuances we're seeing it improve but again it's still not perfect we might still see that three-day delay impacting things and a whole batch of purchases come in to meta reporting at once, which again, still isn't isn't incredibly helpful. It generally looks like it's improved, but um, I think by looking across a lot of signals as well, you can build a really cool waterfall or or kind of hierarchy of what is most valuable for you to reach those goals for the brand and benchmark across the channels you're working with to look at how they're contributing together, um, but also individually and cover your bases so that you can always stay ahead of the curve as well. That's a a huge thing that we value in the, the meta department. Do, do you
1: have any idea of like what's actually changed, or is this just Zuckerberg being so kind? Like, what, what's 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 the difference? Is their model just getting smarter? Is their AI getting smarter? Because it's still all predictive, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, that's that's my take. Um, we're seeing like we're seeing signs. I mean, a, a lot of if advertisers haven't explored the Advantage Plus campaign format, for example yet then they're they're missing a huge opportunity but that's a really good signal as to as to kind of the development that's happening with some of that we know that it was in beta a lot of last year started getting rolled out huge push for it in q4 and that campaign format is is definitely a hot trend right now um and just for for
1: listeners that aren't familiar with it what what exactly advantage plus is Yeah.
0: So Advantage Plus, what's confusing about it is Meta has kind of created this whole Advantage Plus suite. So um, Advantage Plus placements is basically automatic placements. The whole idea is simplifying what you're doing from a targeting standpoint so that you can focus more on the feeding it with creative, feeding it with strong offers, doing the testing behind the the true like marketing, marketing (laughs) side of it, um, beyond kind of the, the technical stuff, helping then Meta steers uh, the direction it goes that would traditionally be in targeting with what you're feeding it from a content perspective. So it's, it's leaning on the algorithm more. Um, but the Advantage Plus shopping campaign is a specific campaign type. From our conversations with our partners at Meta, we've learned that it has a different algorithm function. I think my opinion is that's why they were doing a lot of beta testing with it and why they've push so hard with it as a separate to a traditional conversion campaign, like a separate setup step. Um, You kind of come to a crossroads between the two you want when you create a new campaign, uh, which you can choose from. But basically the idea is improve delivery so you can focus on creative and ad strategy. We got a really interesting fact uh, last week from one of our partners at Meta based on some of the internal tests they'd done. And basically, what they shared with us is that Advantage Plus campaigns, on average, need about forty percent less total budget for learning compared to uh, the business as usual type campaign in accounts tested. So, like that's a really interesting, powerful stat, Um, and we're we're starting to see those effects take take place.
1: What's really cool, too, is it just seems to dovetail directly with what we talk about on the podcast all the time, the pilot test, this way of sort of um, testing uh, directly against each other, lots of audiences and creative and angles and things like that. So talk a little bit about how Advantage Plus feeds into pilot testing.
0: Yeah, so before I kind of get into that, the the pilot test itself is our method for controlled variable testing. So I'll I'll note too with Advantage Plus, when it first dropped, we always take an approach of skepticism with with anything. We want to see like, hey, is this this legit? Does it look like it's making that kind of impact? With it being a little bit more broad in the targeting, you know, there are nuances to consider, like is it reaching net new customers for brands that care most about that? Um, All those types of things. And you can look at that data by leveraging sources like GA4, Shopify, et cetera, et cetera. So we've, we've done a lot of l- work looking at that. And it differs brand to brand. It's always something to be careful of, but we've seen really good signal based on what we've dug into there and how we've set it up in, in our structures. But anyways, the pilot testing method, it kind of looks at answering some of those questions, but more importantly, looking at, okay, what how do we build formulas for success on meta? Because we've always found that meta has been a game of building momentum with proven elements, making the best ads possible and creating the best experience for people and driving the, the end result that you want. So the whole idea behind pilot testing is control variable testing. So when you think of core elements in an ad, you think of creative, you think of the ad copy, you think of the headline, you think of the CTA, you think of the audience. And you think about other elements within that too. So the hook or what's above the fold and the ad copy, the differences between a Facebook and an Instagram placement, et cetera, et cetera. So the pilot testing method is basically a step by step that tries to work through all those variables, rule other variables out as you go, and then feed your best performers basically building formulas for success and uncovering what generally is working best now and likely to work best in the future. Because Stacking, winning,
1: things that win the A-B test, essentially stacking aspects, the best headline, the best landing page, the best, all that stuff.
0: Exactly. It sounds a bit fluffy, but like at the end of the day, we know that ads with a lot of positive social proof typically maintain a lot of great momentum. We want to build that and invest in those ads based on winning elements combined. We want to look at what direction we can go next, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? So, it's it's our road mapping uh, system for scaling brands.
1: And it sounds like Advantage Plus is built to, to basically help you test those variables quicker, which is cool.
0: Exactly. And there are some limitations with Advantage Plus like we we want to make sure that we're able to funnel spend to each pocket that we're testing so we have an even comparison with statistically significant data but uh an advantage plus currently you can only have eight campaigns in an ad account for example which uh fun fact for anybody that maybe wasn't wasn't aware of that but for us it's about yeah it's about that entire system and how do we then feed the the top performing uh campaign types and for every brand it, it it can be different um and there might be multiple, but like you might find that lookalikes are working really well for you. You might find certain interest stack, and then you might find that Advantage Plus is working well alongside that. But usually, we can build a, a roadmap to find these formulas for success using the pilot test. You talked about um, decreasing the amount of spend Facebook needs to get out of the learning phase. I'd be curious if if you put that in perspective into like the amount of time. Is there any examples of how quickly our campaigns can actually get out of learning? We can graduate out of like those pilot tests. Yeah. When I think about it, like it definitely helps compound how we work with our creative strategy. So I'm working with one brand, for example, where we definitely see from our testing advantage plus is a, is a, an important part of the formulaic system we've built through our, our testing to to drive some serious improvements in performance and scale. And what it means is at Pilot House, we commonly call it hit rate, like the, the the hit rate of your ad launches performing and how quickly they perform and all those kind of rates we're looking at. We've definitely seen it improve faster, which means we can get days ahead, weeks ahead of how are we iterating, how are we contrasting, what's in the roadmap, what's coming next, um, what variables do we want to test next based on what we're seeing. It's it's a little bit anecdotal, but definitely have seen a huge improvement in speed
1: in cases where it's
0: it's performed like that.
1: Right now, you're probably looking at conversions in Facebook or Google Ads thinking, why doesn't the data line up with my actual sales? Why doesn't more spending bring more customers? What ads are even working? With Northbeam's first-party data and cutting-edge AI, you'll know what ads generated every dollar of revenue across all your channels, all in one platform. Frankly, the best marketers on earth use Northbeam. It's one of our favorite tools and the industry leader in marketing attribution. Visit northbeam.io to see why. mention this podcast for a special deal only for D2C listeners. You have a note here about landing page optimization. Landing page is, again, something we preach on the podcast all the time, something that Pilot House runs religiously. What are you seeing with uh, the optimization of landing page for some clients?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a huge, huge opportunity. I think it's something that can often be missed or kind of put on the back burner. But a good example is one of our brands... Um, we we had some really great metrics through testing on the front end, so things like CPC, CPM, CTR, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but and we knew that the offer was proven across other channels for them, but we hadn't seen the same conversion rate success um, that we were looking for. And so we built a landing page um, based on some other top performing elements we'd seen with our brands, one of our go-tos for for kicking off a test. And we basically were able to improve revenue per visit by over 30% in a two-week period uh, within the first two weeks of launching it, which meant that we were able to scale up the ads quite a bit from there. And from there, it's just now we've got a roadmap for looking at how do we keep keep improving from there and, and iterating on it. But when you think about it, if you're testing ads and you're testing creative, if you're able to match or get close to output on landing page as well, you're you're controlling it from two sides. You're pulling two huge levers on either side rather than just one. And so it's, it's a major opportunity. And uh, when we do that, we typically look at a, a mix of signals. So stuff like conversion rate, the average order value, how that's contributing to those um, ultimate business outcome goals that we're, we're working to drive.
1: When it comes to conversion windows these days, there's the one-day click conversion window, there's the seven-day conversion window, meaning Facebook will focus on conversions that happen in these amount of time. So the one-day click conversion is gonna be a lot more uh you know, hot, like the, the the iron is really hot there. How are we using conversion windows in our campaigns right now?
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of nuances and schools of thought around this. Um obviously the average order value, the MSRP of the product, the typical time to conversion, you can pull some really cool reports in Google Analytics looking at that. Those are pretty huge factors in, in determining what a good starting place might be, especially if you've got other variables you're testing and you don't wanna to mix too many together in your first test. But we we typically use a combination of the, the core windows. So one day click we use alongside seven day click. Um, one day click, it makes sense logically as far as how, how it's named. Facebook's typically going to try to deliver to people take, to take your desired end action within that timeline. So there's certain benefits to it. And then seven-day click, it's going to be delivered typically to people who take an action within seven days, which can include one day as well. But um, it might reach a different segment of people who are more, more likely to t- take a little bit longer to make that action in some cases. And then on the flip side, the standard one that's often a default is seven-day click, one-day view, um, which... Uh, there are different thoughts around it, but a potential um, benefit of that one is just how much data there is out there for it because it is a standard and it has been a standard for a long time. So as far as um, how the algorithm is working with that is an interesting opportunity to consider. So we typically go through testing each one. Um, and what we we often find different creative patterns within them. So it's, it's interesting to consider. You can kind of estimate or guess which ones might perform better depending on which one based on how that optimizes but yeah there i think it's a huge opportunity and as well with top ads um, we look at scale through vertical scale as well as horizontal scale one one day click or seven day click or whatever the alternate ones are Um, if you take a high confidence um, ad or or integration of, of your campaign and you said, Hey, I want to keep scaling further, but I'd like to maybe go a little more horizontal to diversify my spend risk day to day. One day click is a great opportunity. If you're running seven day click, for example, to see are people taking those actions within that window. And if it's a top ad that looks like they are anyways, because within custom reports, you can look at it no matter what you set at the ad set, um, for your, your optimization window. So, um, you can do some cool data analysis to make sure you're covering those opportunities kind of long story short there.
1: It's so funny. It uh, it takes me back to the very first podcast we ever did about t- you know, always just testing all the different variables that Facebook lays out for you at different parts of the funnel, different creatives. And, you know, it's good to know that nothing's changed. I was talking about something today um, in regard to face- into our D2C subscription meta campaigns and how we had a campaign running for like a really long time, bunch of campaigns running, they were doing really well. We sort of changed how we were grading the subscribers that came in based on how advanced they were or how beginner they were based on our post-purchase survey. And we ended up like changing our campaigns all around to like really focus on, on like the high-end people. And it looked good at first, but now our, our costs inverted, our, our costs skyrocketed. And it made me think of this term I used to think of as an old affiliate marketer. It's called when you Lenny a campaign. Have you seen of Mice and Men. Have you seen, uh, it's a, the famous uh, story and it's got this one guy who's a little slow and he's got a bunch of bunnies and he loves the bunnies so much and he pets the bunnies and he's, he's and then he, and then he, he breaks their necks. He just pets them so much that he eventually kills the bunnies. And I feel like that's the, what that happens with campaigns where you like, you'll tweak it, tweak it, tweak it. And then all of a sudden it's not the campaign it was anymore. And it's, you're not getting great results. Um, my question to you today is what do you do when you Lenny a campaign?
0: Yeah, I mean a huge part of it for us is we try to basically build systems so that we if we Lenny a campaign, we've got other other campaigns to pick up the slack and, and help navigate that. Um, so the metaphor I like to use is I see an ad account as a port like an investment portfolio. I wanna look at how do I lean into the top top ones, but how do I look at where my my maximum kind of risk level or the, the breaking point might be for a top one how far can it keep going? Because typically as you as you scale, you start to see less efficiency in one pocket, but you can pick it up with more and you can keep learning and improving to keep making it get better and better as you grow. So usually it, it comes down to, we, we try to make sure we have a system in place so that won't happen in the first place. But if it does happen, that's when I go into, into deep data dive mode. I look through, look at, okay, what's changed? Typically the data signals can tell me then based on that, I, I start going through a test hypothesis mode and I see what I can do to recover within that pocket, um, but also recover outside of it or improve on it. So a good example is if I see a significant CPM change, then I know I'm probably, I am probably made a change that was big enough to cause a delivery to another audience. Um, we typically don't have that happen <laughs> with, with our systems, but um, if, if it does, you know that then tells you exactly what you can do to try to get that back on track and you can build a, a roadmap from there
1: what we did was we just uh, turned on the old campaigns and they started working again. <laughs> so that was <laughs> That's my the one. silver bullet. <laughs> the silver bullet. And I wanted to say that was one of the points you had down here. It's like, as, as Meta's systems appear to be rebounding and gaining a little more fidelity, it's, you know, again, a great reminder to be testing things that worked well in the past that may work again now.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we see it all the time. It's, I set reminders for myself to go back and say, Hey, let's look at those top ads Uh, over these X time periods and look at rebuilding them into new campaigns or just looking at old campaigns and seeing if there might be a fit under under what I'm doing. It's a it's
1: another opportunity for sure. So if there's a takeaway for listeners, it's to just start pilot testing using Advantage Plus. Any other high level takeaways on meta right now? Uh, But like, how are brands doing? Like we're sort of everyone's holding their breath about the economy a little bit. Like how are we seeing our brands on meta performing sort of year over year?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's always gonna be like a, a mixed mixed bag in terms of performance based on a lot of factors. But generally speaking, I mean a lot of our, our brands are seeing year over year growth and are going through some exciting times. Um, I think a lot of it does come down to a lot of this controlled variable testing and how we approach each account that we work with and each brand that we work with. The big thing about like our media buyers and and our team members is we wanna become the biggest product market fit experts and know every notion Ultimately, like my goal is to know more than the founders know about the brand via the data I'm looking at and the research I'm doing and how I'm comparing the opportunities and attacking everything to drive as much performance as possible. So I think that approach definitely speaks volumes because we're moving fast. There are cases where we're pivoting quick. But yeah, we're we're seeing we're definitely seeing like meta is not dead um, from all the signals that I see. It's if anything, it's still still thriving.
1: Just today, their stock rebounded $12.5 billion as Zuckerberg pledges 2023 is the year of efficiency.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense based on what we're seeing in ad accounts. I I had no idea of that that That's really interesting.
1: Well, sounds like Meta's getting more efficient. Hopefully, it stays the course. Thanks, Mark. Uh, we're all here for your year of efficiency. We will also be working at getting even more efficient with our attribution and our Meta scaling. Thanks for coming on All Killer No Filler today, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's all killer no filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C podcast. We'll see you next time.